0: Never like the way here, the way I sound.
1: Well, yeah, I. Everybody always says that. Yeah. I, I hate the way I sound on the microphone. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm going to sound on the podcast.
0: Is that the same as photography too? When someone goes, you go to take someone's picture, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know how right. to act in front of the camera."
1: I know. Yeah. Every. What do I do with my hands?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hands? Will Ferrell style. <laughs> yes, you got the reference. I was. <laughs>
1: Nobody ever gets it when I say that. <laughs>
0: Well, you should stop talking to them then. (laughs) I know.
1: They're not my friends anymore.
0: (laughs) End interview now. Yeah. Do you have a jingle? I can't remember. Not my jingle. It's just like
1: my (laughs) intro that I do every single time. I can just pull it from another
0: podcast. Well, well, I do have a jingle,
1: but it's not like (laughs) I don't sing it.
0: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Good question. Maybe I
1: should. (laughs)
0: I'm sorry. This is good. I needed a good laugh, so this is good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Serious face. Welcome to another episode of Ambitious.
0: Do, 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 do. Ambitious.
1: This is a podcast where I, am and talk about ambitious topics. I talk to ambitious people, people who I know and who are in my life who demonstrate ambitious qualities and characteristics. Today's episode is super, super special because, first of all, it's my first episode coming to you live from an, the inside of a vehicle <laughs> <laughs> in Santa Monica Pier in California. And I'm sitting here with my friend Aaron Smith, who is, I guess this is our second time hanging out. Yep. We met, well, you say how we met, because you're the one who initiated it.
0: (laughs) We met on, because of Instagram, I should say, um, your brother, who is also a photographer.
1: Yeah, Brayden.
0: Brayden liked a photo of mine, and when I clicked to see who he was, I noticed he lived in Oregon, and I was planning a road trip that was going to be driving me through, taking me through Oregon, so I thought I'd, hey how serendipitous i'll reach out to this person and ask him about oregon because i don't I w- know anyone from there so
1: i wonder which photo it was that he I, liked.
0: yeah i'd have to go back
1: he probably found it from a hashtag or something
0: yeah maybe yeah because it was random we weren't already connected because
1: um, you're not from oregon
0: no i had never been to oregon before and didn't know anyone out there so it was nice too yeah
1: because so when you reached out to me i, I can't remember exactly what you said <laughs> but you're like hey i'm friends with your brother because when you first reached out to me my first thought was oh one of Braden's girlfriends or something
0: mm-hmm. i remember <laughs> you telling me that
1: and so uh so i was like yeah sure like you're in salt lake whatever like let's hang out so then i called Braden, and i realized uh, oh this is not a person Braden knows <laughs> it's just <laughs> That's a, right. a yeah, random person i i
0: after i talked to brayden he was so generous with the tips for Oregon and then I asked him if he knew anyone from Salt Lake and he said oh yeah my brother he he would totally hang out with you Re- just reach out to him. So, um, I was hoping he would bridge the introduction since obviously I didn't know either of you. Yeah. But since he thought it would be fine to just reach out to you, I thought, all right, why not? So, yeah. Uh, I just me- messaged you on Instagram and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Here we are in <laughs> and California. And I said, yeah, what did I say? I said something like your your brother recommended I reach out to yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Something like that. I can't remember. It did, it, it sounded familiar, I guess. It wasn't too weird. Or anything, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Good but to then, know. It, yeah, it wasn't weird at <laughs> all. So then, yeah, you came out to Salt Lake, and we ended up hanging out, and we did um, that photo shoot that was like a Humans of New York style, yeah. but in Salt Lake City, Salt Lake. so Humans of Salt Lake City. At the
0: Galleria, right? Yeah. Is that what it was called?
1: Uh, n- no, it was the City Creek. Oh, City Creek, okay. Yeah, City Creek Mall downtown.
0: It reminds me, there's probably lots of places like that that are called the Galleria. The Galleria. In the yeah. world. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Uh, but I, I loved it because it was like a big open air, yeah, kind of mall, easy to walk around, and yeah, and people spot let us take people. pictures
1: of their kids, and it was it was like a couple of weeks before Halloween, mm-hmm. and so people were all dressed up, and there
0: were costumes, yeah,
1: yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> so we weren't, it wasn't too creepy of us to pull them aside and ask them. No, we were just the about taking
1: pictures of the creeps. <laughs> There were some there were some weird ones for sure.
0: (laughs) There definitely was. There definitely was. Well we gained the best the best part about it was was I thought that by the end we had gained an attraction. People started coming up to us to ask us what we were doing. Yeah,
1: that group of girls, like,
0: Hey, can you guys take our picture? (laughs) Well, yeah. Is it for a blog? (laughs) Jeez. Like they didn't care.
1: (laughs) We should have started charging. I know. (laughs) Yeah, you can pay us though. Next time well right now is the next time we didn't do that either yeah (laughs) there was too
0: much competition on the santa monica pier
1: yeah that that i noticed there was a lot of people a lot of people
0: a lot of people with cameras and a lot of people uh asking for money yeah to do things we should have like perform
1: we should have asked for money
0: (laughs) it's not too late (laughs) that's true
1: (laughs) so so Aaron is from the east coast from connecticut connecticut And she now is living in San Clemente.
0: That's right.
1: For just like a temporary thing to gain some experience. And it's for a specific reason. And this is the whole reason why I wanted to talk to you today is because of your Mm. Driven Women Project. Yes. Which you talked to me about the first time that I met you and then really inspired has inspired some of the questions that I've asked other guests on this podcast
0: which is so cool
1: yeah if you listen to the very first episode the first episode I interviewed was with my friend Nicole and she's an entrepreneur businesswoman in the CBD industry and I asked her what it's like to be a woman in a male-dominated industry as far as like the business world because I don't know if like CBD is male-dominated or not but that question was inspired from you been like what you do with your uh, as clients is it like
0: yeah they're um uh, I guess subjects for for now because they are um, i'm so what I do is I interview women who are successful in male dominated industries. Um, I mostly focus on STEM fields, science technology engineering oh. math um, but I've also interviewed like firefighters. I told you about the fire yeah. chief mm-hmm. that I interviewed and um, a state trooper all um, women. All women and all uh, who are at the top of their field. So they've been in their careers um, or they've risen to, you know, um, the top level Mm -hmm. in their careers. Um, So they're very experienced and um, they're male dominated fields. And so they are very, they're one of, you know, very few women typically. Um, And the goal is to, you know, make like present these women as role models because they, have a great story and I want other women to see them and and other, other men too, actually to see them as more relatable, you know, like Mm -hmm. these are women that are not in the spotlight. They're not celebrities known, you know, worldwide. Um, but they are fascinating, accomplished, inspiring women who also have a lot of, um, uh, the same the same themes keep popping up in these conversations with them around confidence and mm. how to be themselves and, you know, just very typical things that you or I have dealt with in our lives and most people. have. Sure. So very identifiable things. Um, and so I think that putting them out there um, as role models to show other people, you know, that they exist and what they're like. um Can inspire other people to, you know, see themselves, if they see themselves in in these women that they can, you know, imagine themselves actually achieving the same things.
1: When did this start for you, this project?
0: It started about a year ago. Um, Really? Yeah.
1: How long ago did, did we meet?
0: October. Okay, yeah, because it was around Halloween. Yeah, that's right. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> right. Feels like <laughs> it. It feels longer. like a long time ago. I know when I th- when I say it's a year, it, it feels like a lot longer too. But so
1: you were working in the corporate world in Connecticut. Right?
0: Yeah, uh, two. So two years ago, I think. Yeah, about just about two years ago, um, I was I left my job um, of six and a half years working for a hedge fund in Connecticut, and uh, I had always known, you know, that that wasn't the the thing I was going to do forever. Um, it was definitely one of, it was the best place I've ever worked. Um, I had such a great experience there, met so many amazing people, um, who I'm still connected to. And, um, uh, but I always knew that I wanted, you know, my passion is in psychology. It's in helping people and understanding human behavior. And, um, before I had worked there, I got my master's degree in sports psychology. Oh, Yes. And it's different, totally different. (laughs) (laughs) And so after I had done that, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that degree specifically yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And i had actually met someone who, who he also had, he had a PhD in sports psychology and he was working with wall street traders. And I thought that was just, that just like was so interesting to me. Just
1: fascinated by that combination. Yeah.
0: And I mean, living on the East coast finance, you know, finances to the East coast, kind of what tech is to the West coast. Like yeah. it's really huge. And it's kind of
1: the fabric. Yeah. Of the, of the, area.
0: Yeah. So I was interested in it. And when I met him, it was right after I graduated and I asked him, you know, how did you, how are you doing this? Um, and you know, he had had a sports background himself. He was in the minor leagues of baseball and, you know, he had worked on wall street himself and all this stuff. So his recommendation to me was, you know, go work, Since you don't have a sports background, you know, I'm not an elite athlete and I didn't play anything in college or anything like that. I did, you know, cheerleading and dance and gymnastics. So why did you go into sports? In high school because, (laughs) well, quite literally, I Googled sports and psychology because I wanted to know if there was any kind of psych psych things that have to do with sports. What can I do with this? (laughs) Because my brother... uh, was a sports agent for a little while. And so I thought oh. it would be cool if we could work together. Cause we're oh, we're yeah. both pretty entrepreneurial and I loved what he was doing. And so I thought maybe we could work together. And I, I had never heard of sports psychology before. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. So Google told me. Yeah, Thanks, Google. <laughs> about it.
1: Shout out to Google.
0: <laughs> uh, but what I learned about it was so cool because uh, it wasn't like, you know, abnormal or clinical psych and that I would be diagnosing people with mental illness. Okay. Um, because while I was definitely interested in that and I had worked actually at a psychiatric hospital, hospital for a while, mm-hmm. um, I really was more interested in helping people like, you know, boost them from a point of good to get to a point of great. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, how do you get, how do you get there? How do you go from, okay, I can do this, but how do I do this better? And
1: You were doing this in hospitals?
0: No, no, no. I had wanted to do that. That's oh. what I wanted to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um so so th- when I read about sports psychology and learned that, you know, this is a the m- the study of behavior and like the mental side of sports mm-hmm. and how to change your behavior so that you can actually, you know, be better. Like, yeah, be better at what you do. Like run uh, faster, jump higher. Yeah. <laughs> nice. How do you push yourself to to reach your max potential? How do you do oh, something okay. um, you know, oh. push yourself beyond your limits that you know of right um
1: i bet that's pretty that would be kind of cool in the military too
0: Mm -hmm. definitely that was one of the first places i looked at was actually west point to go oh work as a sports psychologist there because they definitely have yeah uh people there training yeah um military getting them ready for combat
1: yeah i bet my actually my uh uncle was he's a psychologist Mm -hmm. he lives on the east coast and uh shoot i think it's one of the virginias okay Anyway, or no, I think it's one of the Carolinas. I think it's North Carolina. <laughs> and he worked a lot with the military. Mm. Did a lot of like, like top secret stuff with the military and psychology and their training stuff. And he would write books and things that weren't released to the public. They were just for military personnel to use and learn from. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: That's amazing. I'll have to talk to him.
1: Yeah. I wonder if he'd let you read some of this stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tops. Is it still all top secret?
1: Oh yeah. Like it's got that names of like wow allies and enemies <laughs> and stuff in it. Maybe
0: I don't want to know any of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe not. I don't know. So that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't really know a ton about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this being our second meeting. Yeah. And we met on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's where it all started for me with sports psychology and, uh, and learning about this guy who is who is practicing sports psychology outside of just just with athletes. Mm-hmm. And so when I told him about this place that I wanted to go work, this hedge fund, he said, "Oh, that's like, that's a great place to work. You should definitely go check it out." You know, get, get some. He called it street cred because he was uh, he worked on Wall Street. Street so cred like, is important. Go get some street cred and then come talk to me, and then maybe we can work together. Because uh. he was, you know, doing he ran his program he ran his own business. So he was running these programs in big banks and um doing really well for himself. So he and he said he said I need a female counterpart because I think, you know, obviously this with is With street cred. With street cred. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh this is a male dominated world, so of course that's, you know, great for me to come in as a guy. He's like, but there are he's like I really do believe there needs to be more females in this industry. Hmm. He's like good for him. Mm-hmm. He said that there was a lot of emotional trading going on, and he said, oh. "Believe it or not, men are more susceptible oh. to making like emotionally driven decisions that are investment related." Huh. And he, have you seen any any movies related? to wall i mean wolf of wall street yeah. or wall street you know seen the original it.
1: seen them yeah well i've seen i've seen wolf of wall street right, right i don't know if i see the original so there's
0: some emotions involved there yeah. but <laughs> that's true <laughs> i like that movie so that was kind of my first actual um <laughs> being made aware of the gender gap in that world mm. um and how being a woman in that world can be beneficial.
1: And that was the the very beginning of the six year period that you yep. worked for the hedge fund.
0: So I went to go work for the hedge fund, and I, I got a great education there. There's um, <clears throat> the founder runs the business based on management principles that he wrote himself over the mm. years of growing his business from nothing to you know a multi billion dollar yeah. business, and they're they're it's just a very um, well run company, and I learned a lot. About business through there. So I nice. took that, you know, my sports psychology right. background and now this business background.
1: So were the wheels turning about this, this idea you had for the Driven Women Project already, like in the six year period, you're learning business, you're, you have this psychology background and you're like, I could do something bigger with this. I could, yes. I could turn this into something more than just like a finance right hedge fund thing. I could make a difference.
0: Yeah. I knew I had always wanted to have my own business. I just wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. So yeah, once I left, I, it was just perfect timing. Everything kind of came together all at once. And, I was like, this is it. This is my moment to create mm-hmm. something with all of these things that I, all this experience and all this, all these passions and all this knowledge, like I need to do something with it.
1: Stars aligned and you grabbed it.
0: Exactly. Cool. <laughs> I would like, I mean, that sounds really great. And like it all, like <laughs> I snapped my fingers and
1: <laughs> yeah. And now you're living happily ever after. <laughs> no. <and laughs> yeah.
0: This is two, two years in the making of like zigzagging all over the place going, what am I doing?
1: So you, you like <laughs> actually started it a year ago.
0: Yeah. So about a year ago, so after I left the Edge, when I gave myself some time off, I kind of like you know, just explored and, and that's kind of when you stuff. did your
1: trip, or was that before that?
0: Uh, my trip out here. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. This was this came at the end of the, like my break. Oh, okay. Um, but when I came up with the Driven Women project, it was um, it was kind of a twofold thing. I was trying to figure out a way to incorporate photography into mm-hmm. my psychology work. Because I really. Why photography? I love photography. It just has always been a, ha- a hobby of mine. Has it always been around
1: yeah. like your whole life? Yeah. Okay. Like
0: since I was a kid, I was always the one, you know, more interested in taking pictures than anyone else and the one who was the most excited to <laughs> see the results and like try to make them better and like fiddle around with the, you know, with the so lighting and things.
1: Were you, did you do stuff like back in the day with like a. Like a dark room and having to edit yeah, in actually, that kind of an environment.
0: I took uh, I just took a class in high school. Oh okay. that's when I learned about the dark room. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, it kind of turned me off to a dark room a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is, this too, is much too much work. Too much work. <laughs> it's too
1: hard. I'll just come back when it's digital. There's
0: <laughs> it a lot of effort. Although I came yeah, <laughs> let me know when it's digital. <laughs> um I kind of always thought I might have my own dark room one day and like if I could do that then I would, you know, get back uh, yeah. into it. But yeah. It was difficult to access that kind of stuff, you know. For so sure. So I you had just, to go to
1: like Walmart and have them.
0: <laughs> l-
1: well, I guess that was kind of digital.
0: <laughs> yeah, the like the one-time use phot- cameras. Do you yeah, those? disposable cameras
1: where you just like <laughs> s- click, 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 and then you, you never know what see, they see. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what they look like until. But I guess that's how it always that's how was. It was. Like you never really get a. Like on thirty-five millimeter. Film rolls, you don't get a you don't preview know. yeah until you go and get them developed and then have to edit them yourself.
0: And you have to be get really good and yeah. have a lot of patience.
1: Yeah, a lot of experimenting nowadays. Like even even nowadays with like mirror mirrored cameras, like a DSLR, mm-hmm. you have to actually take a picture that, to test the lighting. Yeah, but like now, like with these Sony cameras, what I have, you yeah, just like I can see it before I even take it. I on. know that's amazing. <laughs> it is really
0: amazing. So I I think I have this advanced camera, but I still am like way in the stone age. <laughs> Compared to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not like mine's any newer or older or anything. It's just like they're just different systems. Okay. So.
0: So tech so technologically.
1: Yeah, just technologically, technologically different. Different, I mean, yeah. Yours just, yours just has a mirror mm-hmm. and mine doesn't. That's oh. those, that's the only difference.
0: See, yeah, I don't know. You're speaking a foreign language to me now. Uh, I'm <laughs> <just> speaking <laughs> photography language. I know. <laughs> I know, but isn't that funny? Some people are technical photographers and some people are not.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point.
0: You know where I learned that from? Who? A commercial for one of those master classes. And Annie Leibovitz was one of the um, people teaching a master class. And, like, you know, they're giving you snippets of, like, advice and things she's saying. And she, like, she was the one who's... She's, like, I really am not big into, the like, the technical aspect of Mm -hmm. photography. I just do what feels good. And, like... And I'm, like, (gasps) I just got validated.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just find a system that works. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter. I guess it's, like... Yeah, I mean there's I'm sure there's people like that with like cars. There's people who really like to just have a nice car and has really <laughs> really cool cup holders and like the, the seats are really fancy, but like then there's other people who know all the ins and outs of everything. their car and the yeah. engine and everything.
0: And then there's people in between who like ap- appreciate the engine but they may not understand Yeah, like... I
1: try to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think that I'm Yeah, I'm I'm definitely somewhere in the middle. There's people who totally know way more about the tech than me. Yeah. Um but I, you know, I try to be well versed so that I understand certain things but
0: but do you think that knowing how the car works makes you a better driver?
1: I that's a hard question. I would say yes. Okay. Because I can't really say I don't really know why, but I feel like if you know more of what's happening, what's going on, um it just might change certain things about how you maintain your car, how often you take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um and you just kind of you can appreciate like what it's doing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just a psychol a psychological thing.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm psychologically testing you right Are now. Are you I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, don't tested. I don't know. I don't know. It's just no. another way to think of it. I mean, if you're a photographer, even if you don't know exactly, you know, I mean, you should know something basic about your camera and how it works to get the most out of it, I think. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really quite understand all the inner workings, but you have a really good eye and you can like capture yeah, some kind of like something in the world,
1: sure i think there's i think there's a point like okay i need to know this much in Mm -hmm. order to be able to be the best photographer i can be Mm -hmm. anything more like about all this stuff how this is made or what kind of sensor is in here it doesn't really matter yeah but or if this camera has a mirror this one doesn't have a mirror right yeah i guess there's a point (laughs) but anyway
0: it's neither right nor wrong it just is yeah
1: it just is what it is (laughs) sorry if i took you off track no that's right i was supposed to keep you on track right (laughs) no no it's like this is a photography podcast so we can (laughs) talk about yeah that's right but where oh so how did i get
0: so i said that i um wanted to incorporate photography oh yeah that's right yeah into my work because um i didn't think that i I love photography and i just didn't think that i wanted that to be my sole source of income you know because i love it and so, so sometimes when you turn a a hobby into a job you kind of like right. lose the, the fire the fire which is not always necessarily true but i didn't want that yeah to, i wasn't i i really wanted to do psychology stuff you know like sports psychology and merging that with mm-hmm. my business background was really a passion for me helping people yeah you know
1: so it's like merging three passions into one
0: exactly so i was like there's got to be a way and so just like google told me about <laughs> merging sports and psychology that's so funny (laughs) i was like there i was like there's something out there i'm just gonna i'm gonna have to figure it out and so as i started learning about how to market myself and how to have these conversations about what i do for a living and you know how to basically sell my business Mm -hmm. um i realized i was starting to get a little it was a little uncomfortable for me because i'm not i of all the experience i've had that's one thing i've never done I've always you know worked for a company I've never done any kind of sales before so that was Mm. like a different way to think about things um so I kind of started thinking like how can I make these conversations easier for myself how can I approach people and then I like completely parallel separately from that I started thinking about all these conversations I was having with women in male-dominated fields and like these fascinating conversations where I was like taking vigorous notes mm-hmm. and feeling guilty that they're like giving me all this free information. And then I thought, well, why don't I share? Like I should be sharing this. Like people need to hear this. I can't be the only person benefiting from this one right. conversation. Um, and so then it just dawned on me like, why not do a photojournalism series? I've always wanted to do something like take, mm-hmm. cause I've always been more interested in documentary photography than anything else. And so I thought I can, I can interview these women cause I'm already doing it mm-hmm. and I can take their photo because I want to <laughs> anyway yeah. and it'll make them feel good too. You know, like who doesn't want oh, to be featured? Yeah. You write a book. I want to. Are I you definitely, yes. You yes, are. Yeah. Is there one in the works right now? Oh, totally. Oh, there's, yes. there's like four in the works of course, but I like I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick one. <laughs>
1: I have so many questions, but keep going. Keep go going. Ask it.
0: You want me to keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Keep okay. Going. So yeah, I just, I approached the first woman and, uh, you know, I was a little nervous, but I was way less nervous than asking, you know, to talk yeah. about my business. Right. So, um, she, she completely agreed. I said, look, I think that, um, your story is so fascinating and I want to tell it to people. I think you'd be, a, you're a great role model and, you know, how are you putting yourself out there now? You know? And she says, I'm, I don't really, I just, I, I act as a mentor within the company, mm-hmm. um, for whom I work, but I don't do that I'm not public about it. Yeah. Um, I said, would you like to be? <laughs> how about, how about yes, I help please. you do that? Yeah. So if you're willing, you know, let me take your picture and I want to, you know, I want to write an article about you. And so as actually right around this time that I started thinking about how am I going to produce this thing you know what is this actually going to look like time magazine answered that question for me what not (laughs) google not google right so it wasn't (laughs) google this time uh yeah time magazine put out a special edition of their magazine called women changing the world and it was just uh, i guess uh, and i don't know if expose is the right term for it but it was a just the whole thing was um photos of these well-known women um, who have done, there were like women firsts, like the first woman to blank. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like Madeline Albright was in there. Oprah was in there. Okay. Hillary Clinton, you know, um, female astronauts and their stories and their stories were in their own words. And that was what got me. It's awesome. I was like that. I have to do that. That's so cool. Like I'm reading this and I'm just riveted because they're talking to me, you know, and each yeah. one was different. So you could hear their the differences in their voices yeah, and it resonated. It made it feel more like relatable mm-hmm. and I felt connected and I thought this is powerful. And let me see if I can, you know, do this myself with yeah. these interviews that I'm doing. So I just started out, you know, I started, I recorded the first conversation and transcribed it and got someone to help me write it. Cause I wasn't quite sure what I was doing with that. i have never written this kind of, <laughs> piece before. Yeah. Um, like
1: a journalism, do you, you don't have any kind of background in journalism? No, no, Um, not at
0: all. No, new skills. Yeah. new skills. (laughs) Learning a new industry. Yeah. So that's been fun. Um, but yeah, it was all so natural. Like the whole thing just felt so natural and it was super easy to get other women on board. So like, even if that, I thought to myself, even if this one woman is the only one I, you know, I interview, I'm going to keep trying and see what happens. Yeah. Every single person I talked to after that, was just like this is a great idea i love it i definitely want to take a part take part yeah. in this so um, h-
1: one question i have is how do you find these women
0: mostly i'm getting connected to them through just talking to other people about this project um hmm. so, so it's word of mouth like they'll word tell. of mouth yeah and then they so now the more interviews i do these women are introducing me to other women as uh, well okay that they're connected to um so huh. yeah it's a it's a lot of it's really cool People recommending other people, which is which is really cool because that means like they believe in this and they're boosting up their friends too. Because I can't tell you how many times I have heard w- uh, one woman say, "I think my friend would be perfect for this," yeah. but she won't think so like she's gonna you oh. know be like no no not me why right. me you know and then i'll talk to that woman and she'll be like yeah are you i don't know if i'm right for this yeah like, i'll talk to her and no in five minutes like you're perfect for this well, your
1: friend so-and-so said you would be
0: yeah <laughs> and then they're like so they like so i feel like i'm also doing good on an individual basis yeah in, in that regard too because like, they think who am i and i'm like what you're a lead scientist at yeah. a, you know, this- you're the
1: first astronaut <laughs> woman in space come on you're perfect <laughs>
0: Yeah, so these women have something to share. Like they have such positive attitudes about things, and they've been through, you know, difficult times. So they can talk about how they, how they managed yeah. through those times, which I think is very helpful. Because a lot of people, that's where people get stuck sometimes when they're in the midst of a massive transition. Yeah, they kind of lose like a bit of themselves. They forget uh, who they are at, when they're trying to like recreate their identity or find you right. know in their next venture or in the in the transition
1: so you mentioned that you do uh it's you take their photos it's photo yep. photojournalism photojournalism so what about like videos do, have you considered doing any kind of video or like interviews with these women that you're like taping the whole thing you can post on youtube or Instagram? yeah
0: I Amon, mean, you should help me with that absolutely
1: <laughs> i wasn't trying to plug myself no i think you
0: should because i just don't i mean i would love to but um, there's also so only so many plates I can spin at one time. You know, yeah. I'm I'm sitting there trying to have this like natural conversation with someone. Yeah, and I'm recording it, which naturally adds like an element of you know like tension in the room. Yeah, for people some get people, a little uncomfortable. for some people, yeah. Um, and and then I they know that they're going to be posing for photos after the conversation, so you yeah. can tell. There's just so much going on all at once. I would love to do the video thing too.
1: Well, hire me. I'll I'll, I'll stand in the background. I'll have like (laughs) zoom lenses. So I won't even be have like cover me with a curtain.
0: (laughs) Pay no mind to the men behind the curtain. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Just cover me in a curtain. I'll just stand back there. Yeah. And then uh, because, yeah, I mean, I think a a video would be great. It would be so great. Um,
0: Time Magazine did that too.
1: Yeah. They turned
0: that issue into a video series because they videotaped all of the interviews mm-hmm. but see those women are like trained a lot of them are trained to be in front of the camera i worry but, that i'll yeah you know. but
1: sometimes like you said th- that relatability is what really yeah, captures you it's and true and just having like real women telling their actual stories like a fire chief or a, or a what was the other one a county sheriff or something yeah state trooper state trooper mm-hmm. um just like in their uniform or something th- yeah it could be cool they'll have so had them, powerful having them sitting there and just tell their story yeah and then uh I could be sitting behind this curtain and then just like have the camera going, but then also be taking pictures, you know? Yeah. So that we could get like that raw, authentic emotion. Yes. And I, then you could be my marketing director and, and payment return. We could just have a little trade. <laughs>
0: little trade going on, lots of trades. That yeah. would be, I think, really, really cool if we could find women who are super comfortable with doing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, if they're willing to participate, I think that uh, <laughs> this guy is just like looking at us. <laughs>
0: that's what yeah because we're sitting remind the audience that we're sitting yeah we're sitting in a vehicle so there's like and then
1: we're in the santa monica pier and it's some people's spring break so there's like kids walking by just like we have our (laughs) headphones on and the microphones
0: we should interview this is how we should have walked on the pier with these headphones and 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 asking people questions yeah that way maybe they would have felt less Uh, awkward
1: that would have been such an ambitious podcast (laughs) episode
0: (laughs) yeah you know what you're trying to I, i love this this is your your interviewing me because you think I'm ambitious I'm flattered I'm again one of, like one of the women that I'm like no not me yeah see but you're here sitting you're here telling me how I could be even more ambitious with adding video to my project
1: yeah I mean I'm not trying to tell you like what to do I'm just thinking no, it's a like, good idea. as a consumer I think that video is how people it's it's huge in how people consume yeah. content and media in general. You're right. Um, and so video blogs, I mean, adding to your blog, just adding another dynamic, another medium for people to consume your content, Yeah, I think would be really smart. But I am interested in um, like more of your story. Okay. And like how, because how, you moved from the East Coast mm-hmm. over to San Clemente. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I saying it right? Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> and then just like, first of all, why? Like why you decided to come all the way to the West Coast for, for this project? And then just like any kind of sacrifices you had to make. Obviously, you quit a job at a hedge fund, which mm-hmm. just sounds like it pays well. <laughs> just coming out of my mouth. <laughs> it does. Um, it did. <laughs> yeah. So just like, I, I guess, I guess what it took, like how much passion that it really took in order to, to give up something like that and to come do this and why you came over here.
0: Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I mean, in short, th- I mean, in short, I've always wanted to live in California. I've always loved it out here from, i first came out here, uh, for spring break, 2004. Um, when I was in
1: You were one of these people looking at us in the car. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you're from the East Coast, right? Like you're in East Coast Connecticut,
0: yeah. I have born and raised on the East Coast, never lived anywhere except for there. Um,
1: But in 2004, you came over to the West Coast. Came
0: to California and fell in love with it and visited here many times since then Mm -hmm. and just always had a dream of wanting to live out here. Um, And so when I was starting this business and realizing... A, I'm sick of winter.
1: (laughs) Yes, I hear you there.
0: And B, I now have this freedom where I can, I have this window of opportunity where I can pick up and go anywhere. I have nothing tying me down physically. I mean, I don't have my own kids. I don't have, you know. Yeah. Any anything. I don't have a job. I have nothing keeping me there. Why not? Um, Obviously, I love my family and I love my friends very much. And I left. You know, I did have to make some big sacrifices, which I won't go into for personal reasons here. Sure. But um, it was a long thought out thing, you know, that once I realized that all these things were lining up. And I will never probably never have this experience again um, Mm -hmm. because I do want to get married and have kids and, you know, do the whole thing um, that I needed to take the opportunity now. So even though there were sacrifices that I did have to make, you know, leaving certain people behind and, you know, whatever uh, and being distant from them, I... We'll never get this opportunity again. So I had I had to jump on it. Mm-hmm. I had to jump on it, and so I I, I made a compromise. Um, I'm only out here for the winter instead of for an entire year or indefinitely. So okay. I'm going back to Connecticut in May, and ideally, I would like to live bi-coastally. So if I can make that work somehow,
1: <laughs> that would be so cool. I've <laughs> never heard that awesome. word before. Bicoastally. Bicostally. That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I mean, that might be harder to do, but you know, yeah, you got to start somewhere.
1: Well, you've made a good start. I think that, I think it's great what you're doing. Thanks. And it's inspired me. Like I, like I said earlier in the podcast, it's some of the questions that I ask people. Um, do you ever? Another question I have. Mm-hmm. Do you ever? So so far, you've exclusively interviewed women. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you? When I first met you and you talked to me about this thing, this driven women project, and what it is and why you do it, I'm obviously going to try and put my f- myself in your shoes or the shoes of the people that you're talking to, or even the consumer and just like, well, where can I fit in, in this project? Like, what yeah. about, what about like, cause there's men who are driven, you know? So of like, course. what about like on the opposite side of the spectrum? Like men who are in female dominated industries? Cause I, I majored in, uh, in college in elementary education mm-hmm. and in all of my classes in college, it was all women ex- with the, like, there's like maybe two or three other guys sometimes, mm-hmm. um, all the work experience that I had to go do is all the teachers were female, like all of my mentors were female. Yeah. And so have you thought about like that, like the alternative perspective, yeah. I guess?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you actually, I think you brought that up the last time. Yeah. We talked because I thought um, I've, I've been toying with that idea of like, what is it like on the flip side? I wonder if it's the same you know themes. Obviously, it's a different experience, but the same kind of themes maybe pop up. Um, so I'm super curious to know. Can yeah. I interview you now?
1: <laughs> Three, two, one, go.
0: <laughs> so, Ammon, what 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 does being driven mean to you? That's how I start every driven woman interview. Really, by the way. Do you have
1: like a set set of questions? I don't have
0: a set set of questions, but I do kick it off with the same yeah the same that same thing because um, I obviously do want to know that. So instead of yeah. waiting until the middle of the interview, I started with
1: that. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I. I, I suppose, I mean, the women you interview are people who have risen to the top in the dom- in the male-dominated industry. Right. I never really, I mean, I never graduated. You didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I never, like, fully so I, entered the industry of, you know, education. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess I probably wouldn't be, like, a be- a, the best client. Here I go. Now I'm talking did you myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wouldn't be a good option for your Oh, Emma, you're so...
0: You're- <laughs> Every, every girl says the same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, like I'm trying to think of a, of a, a man who would be like in the top of like what, what's a female dominant yeah. industry where a man is, could be at the top of.
0: Let's think. I mean, teaching that does, that makes total sense. Teaching is, is one of those things, but I, there I, are a lot
1: of men who are principals.
0: Right. But those aren't, that's different. Cause it I feel different. like th- that's a leadership position. And that's position. kind of like,
1: that's kind of like a. The board, like the yeah. school board. And the, the, I think it, I feel like there's a lot of men in that.
0: Yeah. These are like the women I interview are in leadership positions specifically. Right. Which is what I'm, you know, most places you go, there's very few women in, in the leadership roles. And so I'd be curious to, to know.
1: It would be kind of, I'm, it probably would be harder to find hmm. participants. Yeah, but it's just a thought. Yeah. Because like I have felt just the way that you were explaining it to me, like there's these women in these male dominated industries and how they're coping and what they're doing and how they, how they make it work. Mm-hmm. I was like, I felt that way. Like when I was yeah. in elementary education, well, majoring what, in that, I just, felt, what was
0: it like? Talk about what it was like for you.
1: I mean, it was, it, it was hard for me to find where I fit in, like where, what my identity was going to be in that industry. Mm-hmm. What kind of a teacher was I going to be? Who was going to be my role model? Mm-hmm. Um, Am I going to just look to these other women, which is totally awesome for me. I, I was, t- I'm totally okay with that. Or am I going to like try and pick out other men who are in this industry and try and mirror my teaching after them? Emulate them. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I quit before I had to <laughs> make that decision. But
0: I wonder, did why did you quit? If you don't mind sharing.
1: I quit because of the, a lot, there's a lot of bureaucracy in, in teaching and I felt like my personality is so much of I put so much of my personality into all of my work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with teaching the government, <laughs> this is just my opinion. I feel like the government like really squeezes the personality away from you. Like they, mm. they don't want your personality. They just want you to stick to the curriculum. Yeah. Follow, you know, a book. And this is what you have to teach. This is how fast you have to teach it. And I was like, that's not going to be good for me.
0: No creativity. Yeah. just, no, Ammon. Yeah, just
1: <laughs> no creativity, no personality. And so I quit, I realized that very soon and I quit after one semester at college. I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work.
0: Did you seek any advice? And you were talking about who do you look to for mentorship? Did you ever find anyone that you felt like you could run this by to like get their input before you (sighs) made that decision?
1: Nobody really comes to mind. I guess just my peers. I would Mm -hmm. talk to my peers and just, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like that was a decision I really made all on my own. I just, I just knew yeah, you in just my, felt it in my core that that wasn't something that was gonna that was gonna make me happy in the long run. I needed to do something where my personality, my humor, my sarcasm is like welcomed. Yeah, and so you know, firefighting was uh, so I went into fire for mm-hmm. a little while. I did that, and same thing. Like it was that's definitely a male-dominated industry, right? So it wasn't hard to fit in, um, but at the same time, it was because. They, i don't know i just feel like my personality was a lot different than like the typical firefighter mm-hmm. personality and uh yeah i didn't fit in at all really at the firehouse
0: did you do anything to try to fit in or yeah yeah
1: oh and yeah that's kind of my my personality i'll try really hard to fit in mm-hmm. to a place um but it just wasn't i feel like i was like dying inside like trying to shut off yeah. who i am yeah. to try and fit in with these people i think there's a difference with like Trying to fit in and then and then belonging, mm-hmm. and I just didn't belong there. I could fit in fine, sure, but I just didn't feel like I belonged. Yeah, and so I was starting to lose more and more of like my personality and who I was. So yeah, I just said goodbye and I quit that. And ever since then, I've been just doing my own thing, my photography, this podcast, and that's good. And this is you're- something I can really just pour my personality into a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, you're you're that's what you're driven by. So you, you just answered my question. <laughs> oh, cool.
1: <laughs> Sorry if I trailed on there. For no, you did.
0: That's what you, you're driven by uh, wanting to be free to express who you really are at your core in yeah. an environment that's welcoming to that. Yeah. That's what I just heard you say. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's what a lot of the uh, driven women that I talk to actually talk about is how how did they survive where they are? They didn't find success by trying to be one of the guys like they didn't try to fit to quote unquote fit in you know yeah they just accepted like nope i'm actually passionate about this work enough and i i can be myself mm-hmm. and um kind of like not forcing that acceptance but accepting it that they're that's where they are and that's who they're going to be where they are and not let anyone tell them that like they can't be that way but obviously like the work you wanted to do work but they wouldn't let you like in the in the (laughs) teaching role like you couldn't actually do what you wanted to do right and that's that was stifling to you and then in like being trying to be one of the guys like that's a difficult um, environment to try to feel belonging to when it's very much like you know Um, but like fraternal, like fraternity type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can see that atmosphere, I guess. I mean, there's
1: definitely like a, it's a brotherhood is the word they always use. Um, but I, I mean, another thing that kind of fed into that was I wasn't full time there. I was only part time. Mm. So because of that, I sort of felt just like the redheaded stepchild, (laughs) you know, just nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody really knew me. And I just, I wasn't passionate enough about the work to really put in the time to, Mm -hmm to try and make connections and yeah. be part of the brotherhood. So, you know, I stayed for as long as I needed to financially, but then once my photography and all my, you know, my, my personal work was re- replaced that income that I just quit. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. I no. miss the income and sometimes <laughs> I do miss the work because I did like the work. Yeah. Um, That's how overall. I feel about the hedge
0: fund. I miss the money. And yeah. I miss the-, <laughs> <laughs> the work wasn't so bad. I mean, it was just, it was very intense and, I was yeah. kind of burnt out towards the end, but
1: yeah. Was that hard? Six years of doing that?
0: Six and a half years. Like I, f- I get tired thinking about it, <laughs> <laughs> but well yeah. worth it. Well worth it. it.
1: It was, I thought it was in New York,
0: uh, Westport, Connecticut.
1: Oh, okay. So where do you see this driven women project going now? Like think, five years into the future ambitiously? Mm. Where do you want it to go? Like, what do you hope to do with this?
0: That's always such a tough question, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a, like live for the moment kind of person. And yes, I have visions, but I like, I like to keep them open because, uh, yeah. you know, let's, let's get creative and like think of new things. But okay. So if I had to, if I had to say, I definitely um, think I would love for it to turn into something that is a more formal, um, like how can I more formally Institute this, mm. you know, I have these role models. I have access to these women who have these amazing stories and are great role models. And I want to present them to, you know, younger women as role models to help inspire sure. them. Is there maybe a way that I can connect them one day, you know, like mm. actually, you know, instead of like just like create saying, a mentorship almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mentorship program or maybe there's some sort of, you know, cause edu- it's education, is the key that I'm, that I'm hearing a lot of is um, exposure and education. Mm -hmm. So young girls might not enter into these fields, these male dominated fields just because of lack of exposure. They just never heard of them or didn't, you know, didn't know they existed. Didn't think it was an option. Right. Didn't think it was an option. Can
1: I be a, can I like a five year old girl? Like, can I be a fireman? Yeah. Right. No, you can be a firewoman.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. You look at this fire chief or yeah, the fire chief who is a woman who's been doing it for, you know, 30 years, her entire career. Mm hmm. Um, so you can cool. do it. You can do it. Right. Um, so, yeah. And if they see not just see women like them, but can actually talk to women like them. Um, I don't know. I hope to see it go. Or, or awesome. I hope to take it that in that direction.
1: That'd be really, really cool. And plus your books
0: and my books. Yeah. Your books would be amazing. I mean, once I get more of these interviews um, done, because right now I've interviewed 13. So I want to and mm. I keep I keep getting like I said, I keep getting introduced to new people all the time. So mm-hmm. um, maybe turn that into a book.
1: So, so you've done 13 interviews total. Mm-hmm. So it's about one a month-ish?
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Cool. And it's a lot of work. It doesn't sound like a lot of work, but it's a lot. I
1: mean, a lot of preparation and you want to... Yeah. Y- you could pass some of that work on to me. Yeah? I'll do some of the video work and some of the photography work. That would be kind of cool, too. We could do I, more than one a month.
0: Yeah. Had more p- more people interviewing in more places, then we can yeah. find more of these women and tell more of these stories. Yeah, we could travel more. Oh. Gosh.
1: It's <laughs> so fun. The world the wheels are turning (laughs) that's really cool
0: so cool (laughs) yeah
1: well that's like those are all the questions that I had
0: those are some great questions yeah Yeah. you're a good interviewer
1: oh good (laughs) I don't really feel like an interviewer I just feel like I'm having a conversation like that's what I
0: that's all I do with the driven women interviews yeah and I think that's the best you get the most out of people that way you get the most personal kind of answers you know off the cuff yeah I think anyway Yeah, sometimes I have
1: to. I I struggle like not go down a rabbit hole of like yeah, "Yeah, let's talk about photography (laughs) and all the technical stuff.
0: (laughs) You see, squirrel. Squirrel. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it looks like the pier is clearing out. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you, Aaron.
0: Thank you for having me on your podcast. This is so cool.
1: Yeah, I want to interview again when you have maybe in a year when you have like
0: uh, maybe when my when my book is done. Oh, yes. That'll be motivation for me to actually get it done. It's is called there... I'm calling it the transition effect because we were just mm. talking about transitions cuz the themes of transitions like run through all of this stuff. So like how do the how do women, you know, get to the top and how do they Oh, that's a good. cope with these things. That's it's a good title. All about transitions. Yeah, the transition effect and yeah. um I like that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I got into it when I was doing the sports psychology thing because um athletes leaving uh, like leaving their sport mm-hmm. after they retire or like, you know, whatever um, it usually happens suddenly or when they're young. Oh. And so they go into this like massive transition because their sport was like pretty much their entire, their entire life. identity in their life. Yeah. That's
1: true. You never really think about that. Like, cause it's usually because of, I, I guess an injury possibly right. or yeah. they just, they're too old.
0: Yeah, all of a sudden, no one, no one wants to sign them anymore. Or right? Yeah, so, that's a good um, point. It's a, it's a traumatic thing to go through. So I got not to keep going, but yeah, effect. the transition effect.
1: Do you have any kind of um, like tentative date when it's going to be done?
0: Uh, no, it was supposed to be done fall 2019, but I was a little too ambitious about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if we Whoops.
1: commit to another ambitious episode, yeah. you can kick it into gear and in overdrive and get it done.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll keep working on it.
1: Okay, I'll text you. Yeah keep you accountable
0: please do i need that
1: (laughs) cool all right well thanks so much do you have any um where should people follow you
0: uh at the driven women project on instagram um and on i think that's pretty much it twitter i don't really have a big following i don't really do much there so yeah at the driven women project
1: on instagram i'll put the link in the in the show notes cool well thanks so much thank you Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Ambitious. Before you go, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy this podcast thoroughly, or even just a tiny bit, please consider giving your support with a monthly donation as low as $1. If you go to anchor.fm slash ambitious with two Ms slash support, you can become a supporter of this podcast. Support from you helps me to interview more people from different places and keep providing you with content that's delicious for your ears you can give a dollar a month five dollars ten dollars whatever you choose and if you do i from the bottom of my heart would feel so incredibly grateful you can also follow me on instagram at amon or on twitter to stay up to date with all the new and exciting ambitious projects i have going on my website is amoncluff.com you can go there to see my pricing some more of my professional work I do weddings, I do couples photos, I do single person photos, I do corporate video work, landing videos for small companies. I do a lot. So go check that out. If you need something, let me know. Be sure to check the show notes for this podcast to see any additional information for this episode. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It was so great to be in your ear holes. I love you, and I'll talk to you again soon.